I totally disrupted my industry when McAfee, this little less than a million dollar company, just landed over a million dollar job. Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. Hi, Greg McAfee here, and welcome back to The Greg McAfee Show. Uh, Last time we left off on uh, disruption, and I said this is going to be exciting because probably one of the most exciting things we've done at McAfee is disrupt our um, industry in general. We disrupted our industry of the HVAC residential industry um, in our area of Dayton, Ohio, and what we call the Miami Valley. So... You say, Greg, how do you how do you disrupt something? Well, in my book, uh, Build and Grow Your HVAC Business, what is disruption innovation? And I said, in business, a disruptive innovation is an innovation that creates a new market and value network and eventually disrupts an existing market and value network displacing established marketing leading firms, products, and alliances. Actually, that was the definition from Wikipedia. Wikipedia, And uh, this is my favorite chapter of my book. Uh, if you've not read my book, you can get on gregmcafee.com and, uh, and find the book. Uh, this is my second book. Revised the first book. Seems to be better. Getting better feedback. Um, it, it does exactly what it says it's supposed to do. So... My McAfee definition of disruption uh, and what I teach is that any innovative outside-the-box idea, service, or invention that leaves any and all competitors flat-out speechless. It's something so good that the first thing out of our competitor's mouth is unrepeatable. But the second thing is, why didn't we think of that? So I'll talk about uh, Rick Warp. He's a CEO of a company called Clarity. And in his book, he gives some characteristics rather of a disruptee, someone who gets disrupted, and a disruptor, someone who changes their industry by disrupting it with a better idea. There's a lot of companies out there that have had better ideas. Let's think about it. There's there's a lot of different companies that have had different ideas that disrupted their entire industry. Amazon, big time. Started off as a used bookstore. Um, People would say, you know, there's no way you can uh, get your distributor to be your store for you and ship directly to your customers. Really? (laughs) Works pretty good today. Um, But there's a lot of companies out there that have disrupted. Walmart disrupted their industry. Apple 
disrupted their industry. Microsoft disrupted their industry. Um, just a lot of companies have disrupted their industry. You don't think much about a small business disrupting their industry. And that's sad because it's, it's sad because for the most part, the entrepreneur of a small business, and you can define small business in any way. Um, I mean, I think, I think the real definition is any company with less than a hundred employees. Um, I look as I look at a hundred employees as being a pretty, pretty big business, but, um, it's still a small business. And, um, so how do you disrupt, how do you disrupt your industry in a small business? And, and also, let me say, disruption, disruption here is not a negative. If you think of disrupting something, you know, you came into a classroom and you disrupted it, um, that would be a negative. But this kind of disruption is a positive. Uh, this kind of disruption is fun. Uh, this kind of disruption is stepping outside the box of your industry and doing something completely different that solves a problem or problems for your customer. Uh, also, I read a book called Blue Ocean Strategy, and uh, it's all about creating markets, a different kind of market space um, for where there's less competition. And, that, and, that's all of, and that's exactly what a disruption does. So I'm going to read you a couple things here um, out of my book. Um, characteristics of a disruptee per Rick Warp, CEO of Clarity. Um, they fail to appreciate changes in the market, whether customer behavior, expectations, technology, business models, or whatever. But a characteristics of someone who never disrupts anything, continues on with status quo, never does anything different, you know, let's compare it to a second generation company guy, uh, son comes in and he continues on with status quo. Now that's not always the case. A lot of times this, the second generation comes in and tries to change everything too fast. <laughs> um, and some of it definitely needed changed, or it could be the first generation that's just always been doing things the same old way. Like when I started, and there were companies, like I said, in business 25, 30, 45, 50 years, 175 years, still doing things the same old way. McAfee came in with a new way several times. I'll give examples here in a minute. Um, another characteristic of a disruptee is they um, are invested heavily in status quo, like I just said, and... Um, they also don't have the needed expertise for desired changes, and they're unwilling to even consider a, a desired change. If someone in, within the company says, uh, maybe we should do this or maybe we should do that, um, that was me, by the way. When I worked for my first heating and air conditioning company, um, our phone didn't ring much during a certain period of time, which was basically known as a seasonal slowdown. And, and the first question I asked the owner is, why don't we advertise more? 
And he said, advertising doesn't work. Okay. So, um, but I asked the question, let's advertise. Let's get our name out there. Let's make our phone ring. And he was unwilling and had no desire to make that change, to advertise. To a lot of people, advertising is just an expense. And there's a lot of sacred cows in this kind of company, by the way. There's a lot of sacred cows. Um, and it keeps them from changing. Now let's talk about the characteristics of a disruptor. This is fun. They recognize new possibilities of a new reality and they refuse to be slaves of the past. So it what what the way that's always been done doesn't matter to a disruptor. The disruptor's constantly thinking, how can we make it better? They deal with the installed base issue to regain quickness. They fully commit to appropriate initiatives. They modify their investment profile to fit. They regularly do checkups and adjustment to keep old biases at bay. And they're critically, they are either new companies or willing to find a way to recapture their entrepreneurial heritage. So the disruption mindset is where most entrepreneurs need to be spending their time. You, if you're just in business and you just continue to do what you've always done, then don't expect anything new. Don't expect anything different. I, I, I've, coached several, I've, I've coached several businesses that just continue to do about the same Give or take, now get this, give or take, and you might be one of them, and if you are, this is a good time to think about disrupting your business, but give or take 5% annual revenue over the past 5 to 10 years. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. You only have a good, a better year just because of the weather. That's it. No, nothing, nothing's changed. You're not doing anything different. And you've got to think about, you've got to think about something different. So our, our disruptions started in the garage. Um, again, it started in the garage when, when we said, um, we're going to, uh, something very simple was we're going to, we're going to bend all our copper tubing. We call it pre-bending copper tubing. We're going to pre-bend all our copper tubing for our refrigerant lines so we only have two places we've brazed, indoor unit, outdoor unit. No couplings, no elbows, no nothing, less chance of leaks. And when I was my only salesperson at the time, and when I would go out for an estimate and the customer had had leaks in the past, and I told them about what we do and how we install the copper tubing and all that stuff, it built some pain in the customer because they were fed up with leaks of having to recharge it every year or every other year. And I said, we eliminate leaks. And I would sell a lot of systems just because of that. And, and that was a disruption because guess what? If, uh, if McAfee went out for an estimate um, and then Joe's heating and I happen, and I happened to not close it, um, at the first time, first estimate, but 
if Joe's Heating would go out after me and the customer would ask Joe Heating, do you guys bend your copper like McAfee? And they might say something like, no, we don't have to. They might even say something smart aleck, like, no, we don't have to. We know how to braze. Customers didn't really think that was funny because they were tired of leaks. And uh, they didn't want to take a chance. So a lot of times they would go with us just to avoid the leak, to avoid more pain. And that that made a lot of sense. Our Another disruption we had was when we went from the garage and, and other companies would, you know, use the garage um, other larger companies would use the garage um, to detour, detour people from going with us. So they would say something like, the guy still works out of a garage. Well, for a lot of people, they didn't mind that anyway. However, when we then built in a, in a corporate center in, in our community, we built an 11,000 square foot building. So we went from the garage to an 11,000 square foot building. It got people's attention. Not only that, it got our competitors' attention because we now had a bigger building or a nicer building than they did. So they could no longer use the garage as an excuse to slam us um, in front of a customer about. So <clears throat> that was very disruptive. And the, comp- the building that I built was extremely professional inside a corporate center. And that wasn't the, that's really not the norm. It's not the norm for a heating and air company. I mean, isn't a heating and air company supposed to be just some little small shop that's dark and dungy and gas valves and parts laying all over someone's desk? Isn't that how it's supposed to look? No, not, not, no. I disrupted the industry by making it extremely professional looking. And when you came into that building, even though I only, I leased 3,500 square feet back to my company and I leased out the other, um, what was it? 7,500 square feet. When I leased, when I, the 3,500 square feet, when you came in there, it was extremely professional. I mean, it was as nice as any doctor's office you'd ever walk into. It was extremely professional. It did not look like a heating and air company. And we hear that all the time, by the way. So we, we enjoyed um, disrupting our industry you know, people have, you have a couple options. If you're not the disruptor and you're the disruptee, as a disruptee, you have a couple options. You just continue on with status quo and hope it works for you. Or you, a disruptor causes change in his industry or her industry. A disruptor causes change in the industry because if you're the disruptee, you either have to continue with status quo or you have to change. You have, you have to make your building look a little bit better. You have to start pre-bending your copper. Um, and another thing we did was when I first came into the industry in 1990, typically a full installation, indoor, outdoor, was somewhere around a two-day job. And we had a company here in Dayton, very solid company, took three days. I never could get my head around that, but it took them three days to do a full installation. Now, as time went on, um, nobody really wanted anyone in their house for more than a day. That's how I looked at it. When we're having work done in our house, we just want them in, out, move on. 
Uh, so I decided, we decided as a company that we were going to figure out how to do installs, do them right, look just as nice than, than the companies that were taking two full days. We were going to do them in one day. And not only that, but I advertised, we can install your system in one day guaranteed, or I'll give you back a thousand dollars. And then eventually I, we became so confident that we could install in one day or your, or your installation was free. And we just never had to give away a thousand dollars and we didn't have to give away a system for free. So that was a disruption. What, what did the other companies have to do? They either had to continue on with a two-day install or they had to change to a one-day install. And for a lot of people, it wasn't easy. Uh, fortunately, we were ahead of the game. We had our own sheet metal shop. So I had full control of when my sheet metal would be available and how fast we could make it. And we just had a system in place where we continued to um, fine-tune that decision, uh, system rather. We fine-tuned that decision. <laughs> I want to always keep, keep saying decision. But we, we fine-tuned that system, and we just continued to get better and better and better. And a lot of times, we can do a full system with accessories, and, and we're out of there in six or seven hours. And, and it looks great. And it passes code and it passes our inspections and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, and then we came out, probably one of the, the best things we ever did. The best things we ever did was come up with the eight to eight, same great rate and eight to eight. I was at a, uh, I was at a meeting and, uh, the instructor, there was multiple people in the room, multiple different companies in the room. Um, no heating and air companies. I was the only heating and air company. And the um, instructor asked the question, what could you do differently in your industry or your business that would improve the service uh, for your customer? So when it got to me, I said, um, I think we could run service after hours at the same rate. And instead of stopping at five and then being on overtime after five, I said, we can run later hours. And many of the people in the class, it was a large room, many of the people in the class agreed and said they would appreciate that because everyone has to hurry home or take off work to have a service call. Um, or, you you know, I, the it, originally, before we did eight to eight, um, the most coveted time of the day for a service call was 8 a.m. That way they could um, get the service call done and go into work later. But it's still they, ha they still had to take work off and uh, time off work. So when we come up with 8 to 8, same great rate, I mean literally for a small business who had been in business for 20, almost – 23 years at the time, it exploded. I mean, it literally disrupted our industry because now the most coveted times are between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. 
that people want service. They don't have to take off work. Most of them don't have to take off work. They get off work, we arrive, we do our job, and we're done. And it, it just did, uh, it caused us to take a large amount of market share away from companies that had been in business a lot longer than us. They were larger than us. Um, but they, they uh, let me tell you a sad point. Very happy this happened. It was very sad. We did 8 to 8 for five years before anyone touched us. Now, I don't have the answer to that. I don't know if they just couldn't figure out how to do it. I can't imagine that because we're not, you know, we're not the smartest company in the world. Um, or they just didn't want to do it. They didn't want the hassle. Or they couldn't figure out. One, one company told me, I don't know how to get my guys to work 12 hours a day. I said, you're thinking wrong. Nobody, nobody here has to work 12 hours a day. We have different shifts. We have things happening. So uh, anyway, just uh, disruption is, is just a lot of fun. And many companies just react. And if you're a disruptor, um, you're not just reacting. You're being proactive. And uh, you can read more about that in my book. But to be a disruptor, to be a disruptor, you have to you have to not only remain current, but you have to think ahead. And that's not always easy. And and nobody has a crystal ball. It's not always easy to do. But you have to think. You have to ask questions. You have to ask your customer, what kind of service could we do or perform that would help you more? What what kind of hours could we have that would help you more? Um, you know, what could we do to make our service more efficient? When you start asking those questions, you start thinking, basically you start thinking ahead and you start visualizing how to be a better company and, and be a disruptor in your industry. So the Blue Ocean Strategy, great book. The Blue Ocean um, Strategy um, in the Red Ocean there's just um, a lot of blood because it represents a lot of people in an ocean with a lot of sharks. And uh, that's where most industries are today. Um, there's, it's known as the, the market space. Um, industry boundaries are defined and competitive rules of the game are known. But the blue ocean strategy creates new demand and new customers. It's freedom. There's no, it's not a bloody mess. It's blue ocean. You rarely, like I said, we only have a few companies we compete with out of 500. So we rarely run into anyone in the blue ocean. And we have, um, we have much more value in the blue ocean than we did when we were in the red ocean with everyone else. There's just a lot less competition and it's a great place to start over fresh and be different than everyone else. You, you get outside of that, you jump out of that fishbowl or you jump out of that red ocean before you get ate up. Um, remember, we talked about all the companies that go out of business. Um, most of them were trying to um, do business in the red ocean instead of the blue. So um, blue ocean thinking 
We take care of people. You know, I don't know if I told you this, but I sold a million dollar job out of my garage. Biggest, largest job we've ever sold in McAfee history. It was a 500 unit apartment complex. They had 1947, that's when the place was built. They had 1947 Lennox gas furnaces, no air conditioning. And I went in and quoted new furnaces, new air conditioning, and I negotiated everything at a 500 quantity price. And we did this over a couple years. I got the job, by the way. The only, the only way I got the job was getting outside the Red Ocean because there were multiple companies bidding on this and they were much bigger than us. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I called the owner and I said, what's it going to take for us to get the job? He was ah, him hauling around. I don't know, still shopping. I said, well, what's your biggest concern about choosing us? And he didn't really say anything about us. He just said something like, I just want to make sure the air conditioners fit between the porches okay. So as soon as I hung up, I threw two air conditioners in a truck, grabbed um, a helper. We drove over there. I pulled, took them out of the box, put them between the porches, went up to the their office, the apartment office, got Dave. That's, that's the owner's name. Um, I said, David, he goes, I just talked to you. I said, I know. I just want to show you something. So he came out. I said, I think they fit fine. I'll never forget. He looked at it. He kind of smiled and he always leaned back. He always leaned back, like bending backwards all the time when he talked. And he said, you know what? You got the job. And I, and I was like, wow. I was thinking a little bit different. I totally disrupted my industry when McAfee, this little less than a million dollar company, just landed over a million dollar job. Now, like I said, we did it over a couple years. We stayed busy. We had we actually had two and three crews working over there at a time. Uh, during slow times, we just got a lot done. We had again, we put systems in place. It, it was it was about the smoothest, biggest job we've ever done. And uh, we definitely um, disrupted our industry by getting that job. And then we started uh, private labeling in, in 2003. We also started private labeling. And we everything we install today is a McAfee system. It's a McAfee furnace. It's a McAfee air conditioner. It's a McAfee humidifier. It's a McAfee thermostat. It's a McAfee... Um, air cleaner, uh, everything's a McAfee. And uh, again, been doing this for 17 years and very successful at it. Would never go back, never. I branded another uh, company's name so well that people thought we were them. So I knew if I could brand their company so well and people were calling there thinking we were their, that company dealer uh, or that company rather, um, that I could do it with my own name. And uh, I did. A, a little bit slow start off, uh, but in less than a year, we were 100% private labeled, and it worked out well. Uh, today, we have uh, any season, any time. Uh, it's a disruptor because we're the company for you any season, any time, McAfee. 
and we have a comfort family plan that's part of our um, maintenance agreements um, because we keep families comfortable and the comfort family plan has tens or uh, thousands of members and uh, today we also have an omega plan <coughs> excuse me that um, we also have an omega plan that is the last plan you'll ever need. It covers 100% of everything. No questions asked, no charges, um, you know, other than acts of God. But uh, as far as maintenance goes, if you sign up for the Omega plan, you uh, pay monthly, a certain amount monthly, and you'll never pay for, you'll never pay for a service call, a diagnostic charge, You'll never pay for a filter. You'll never pay for a humidifier pad. And one day when that furnace wears out, you'll never pay for a furnace. We'll install it. So it's the Omega, the last plan you'll ever need. Um, today, we only started that a year and a half, two years ago. Um, it's growing at a, at a very fast pace. And that's exactly what we plan it planned it to do. And um, anyway, just another disruption in our industry because nobody has an Omega plan. <clears throat> how, how could you think of such a thing? An Omega plan. How can you afford to do an install free? Well, we're in, it's an insurance concept. The more we have on the plan, the, the better chance. We're betting they'll never need one and they're betting they're, they will. It's just like insurance. So we seem, we seem to think it's going to work well. So far, so good. So anyway, that's all I have today. Think about what you need to do to disrupt your industry. And don't forget about my book. It covers a lot. And it will help you build and grow your business. And again, it tells you how I turned $274 into a multi-million dollar business. And I did it by thinking differently than the competition and serving people better. But for now, have a great day. And I'll catch you next time. Thanks.